Oh my goodness, look at that. It is Cinco de Mayo, and we are back for another show here. Anthony on Air podcast on this episode. Larry Page, co-founder of Google, vanishing completely before he can be questioned in the ongoing Epstein case. We'll get into that. Plus, the king's coronation. Maybe the most embarrassing thing for the king, and that's including the fact that his brother is one of the biggest accused pedophiles in existence. This thing that happened might be more embarrassing. And Snoop Dogg is trying to buy a hockey team. You heard that correctly. Snoop Dogg trying to buy a hockey team. Kudos to him. I actually hope he lands it. All that and more on this episode. Good to see everybody in the uh, live chat. You are my co-hosts for this uh, show, Flying Solo, which I do love to do on occasion. Not that I don't love Frankie C or J Sabs or Cuddles uh, or any of the other people who have jumped in here and uh, helped run the show, uh, but it is nice to get in here and just chat it up with Robin and Scott and Raven and Rhonda and Sharon and Bird and Miss Justice and Laura and everybody who is uh, joining us on the uh, live watch. I appreciate that. Keep the comments coming again. You guys are the uh, AOA whole co-hosts. There you go. See, it's working already. Um, this is a surprising story to me. Larry Page, co-founder of Google, which, by the way, I want to tell you that I almost died before this show. I almost died because I watched a Larry Page interview. And it was by far the most painful experience I've ever lived through in my entire life. Have you ever seen this guy? If you have a chance to Google him, he he like he talks like this, and then he like looks up. And I mean, he's like a major genius. Obviously, he helped and you know create Google. You know, uh, he could buy me and my whole entire family. He could buy me and my whole family block. Everybody I know, he could buy, wipe us off the face of the earth. Uh, so again, I'm risking my life here in this situation. But oh my goodness, boring. Holy cow, could this guy, he could put a, I don't know, a guy on speed to sleep. He was just, it was brutal. It was brutal to watch a Larry Page interview, but I watched it just to kind of familiarize myself with him before the podcast here. And um, he is one of the guys, uh, like many people who are being questioned in this ongoing case down in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Again, the U.S. Virgin Islands is kind of Picked up this mantle. Uh, Epstein's uh, Island was down there in the uh, area. So they've been, um, you know, uh, taking on JP Morgan, one of the uh, big financial outlets that have been, you know, accused of supporting Epstein throughout this whole thing. They did a lot of business with him after he was arrested back in, uh, what was it, 2008 for the first time. So he was known to be a trafficker and they still did business with him and not only did they do business with him and keep funneling him, you know, giving him his money, free access to his money, but they also, uh, you know, were taking uh, clients on from him. He was bringing in people. He was uh, creating introductions. We talked a couple of episodes ago about his calendar that was released. You can go back on the podcast and check that out. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, the new uh, list of people that are going to be interviewed. Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, one of the big people that are going to have a deposition coming up in the next couple of days. Well, one of the people that they want to interview 
is Larry Page, and they have attempted to uh, serve him with a subpoena. And according to court filings from late yesterday, they cannot find this guy. Um, you know, when you try and serve somebody a subpoena, you have to make several attempts, and then you have to go back to the court and you have to say, we can't find this particular person. Uh, we need to, you know, go about this another way, meaning they can serve it uh, via mail. Perhaps they can use a uh, use or utilize a third party to get that um, subpoena over. But what I find interesting about this is this guy is still the CEO of Google parent company, now Alphabet, um, still running the day-to-day, and he is nowhere to be found. I mean, you know, Elon's running a big company. We kind of know where he is at all times. He never shuts up. Um, you know, you just go and look at all the huge people, Warren Buffett. I mean, look at all these guys that are, you know, untouchable or elite and everybody seems to know their whereabouts. Well, this Larry Page vanished during the pandemic, and it's like nobody knows uh, where the hell he is. Now, according to Business Insider, who I don't have a ton of faith in, they say he has been seen on one of his islands. Okay. How many islands does he own, Ant? Glad you asked. Four. This motherfucker owns four islands. That's not exactly an easy, you know, thing to to find. Three of them are in the Caribbean, pretty close to somebody else we know in the story, and one of them is uh, Fiji. So he's supposedly on one of these islands. He was seen hydroplaning. You know, that's like the weird surfboard that kind of lifts up over the water because there's like a motor underneath. Um, he was seen hydroplaning with his wife um, fairly recently according to two sources that spoke to Insider. Um, but other than that, nobody knows where they've seen this guy. And, you know, look, I, I know there's teleconferences. I know there's Google Meets and all these things. But it kind of seems like if you're going to be running one of the largest companies in the planet, you would have to be, uh, you know, in the office or at some sort of a meeting or at least in some kind of constant contact with people that they would be able to be like, oh, yeah, he's over here, or at least he's over there. Um, it is clear that this guy wants nothing to do with this case, as I don't think anybody would really want to do. But it is also pretty interesting that, you know, out of all the big names that are out there, you know, he is one of the bigger names and I mean, according to these court documents, they've been trying for quite some time to get him to come in and uh, have a deposition. Now, with Jamie Diamond, who's a wealthy, wealthy dude, not as big as far as the, the pockets go as a Larry Page. But again, when you're running a big company, you kind of know where these people are at all times. It's hard to to vanish it's hard to hide when you're running google you know what i mean i mean it's just pretty difficult it really is all right here sarah bell has got an interesting comment david copperfield owns 11 islands 
When Claudia Schiffer divorced him, she said, I don't want any of his money. I have more money than him. He is evil and stole stole my mind. How did he pay for 11 hours? I don't know. How does David Copperfield have 11 hours? Is that true? Did he have like three islands and then he held up a huge sheet and then he pulled it down and then there was just eight more islands? Not sure. Was it really 11 islands or was there a mirror involved? That's what I'd like to know because that Copperfield could be tricky. You know, just a quick aside, I have been on, I'm following this guy on TikTok. He does card tricks. I don't know what the, I mean, I don't even know what this guy's doing. He's insane. I have to get his name and share it with everybody because he does these ridiculous tricks and I, I can't figure it out. I just can't figure out what the hell's going on. He puts like a little stopwatch on so you can see that the video is not edited. Sometimes he has like three stopwatches. Sometimes he puts like a mask over his face. He does all these good, crazy, creepy, bizarre things. He's like the greatest magician I've ever seen. And he just like keeps just coming up with these insanely ridiculous tricks. He's such a good follow. Every one of his car tricks is amazing i think he does these corporate gigs now and so i don't know if he's like that popular but it's weird when you come across one of these car trick guys and you're like why aren't you a household name i think it's just because these people just do like corporate you know things and they don't uh they don't go on fucking television ever anymore okay jason ladani i don't even know that's uh card magic by jason is his um, TikTok. He's got almost a million followers at this point. It's amazing. You could have almost a million followers and probably most of the people don't know who had never even heard of this guy. Jason Ladanye, L-A-D-A-N-Y-E. Free plug for Jason today. The guy is insanely talented. Okay. Um, I wonder if he could help us produce Larry Page. That'd be amazing. On top of Larry Page, the U.S. Virgin Islands has also subpoenaed uh, a few other people. Uh, Larry Page's other co-founder, Sergey Brin, Hyatt Hotels Chairman Thomas Pritzker, big-time media exec Mortimer Zuckerman, who I have uh, had the chance to play in a couple of uh, celebrity softball events with, uh, and former CAA talent agent, uh, Disney Chairman Mike Ovitz, former Disney Chairman Mike Ovitz. Um, all uh, subpoenaed as part of this case. So again, the, the U.S. Virgin Islands are doing the will of the people. They are going after these huge names to see what's what. And uh, I applaud them for it. I hope they keep going. But it just, you know, I don't know. Again, if you have nothing to hide, wouldn't you come out and be like, oh, here I am. I hear you're looking for me. I'll come in. I'll answer all your questions. We'll make sure we, you know, square this all away. If you've got something to hide, you're probably on one of several islands that you own. Just saying. Just saying. Allegedly, please don't sue me, Larry Page. Uh, I was thinking about this as I, a friend of mine who I w- was bouncing topics off of, I said, should this, I go, this is, you know, he's always kind of checking in with me. And I go, I'm doing, he goes, what's the Epstein 
update because you always have one and i go he yeah this larry page thing and blah 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 and he goes well you do a lot on google do you which is owned by uh do a lot on youtube which is owned by google he's like do you think you should be going after one of the founders and i go i don't think he's gonna find me in my sleep but at the same time like we've been like blackballed and shadow banned and all this stuff so i don't know if putting Larry Page and Jeffrey Epstein in the title of this episode was the smartest thing we've ever done. But then again, we haven't really done many smart things to get where we are. So it might as well just continue down the old stupid trail. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, card magic by Jason. Thank you, Robin. His TikTok is ridiculous. And he's a little funny too. I got to tell you, he's, he's a pretty entertaining, funny guy. And you just, you ever just look at somebody and you go, I wish I was that talented. I wish I had that kind of talent. Like if you gave me a hundred years with the decks, look at these meat paws that I have for hands. Look at these hairy monstrosities. There is just no way I could do like a car. I just, it just seems like it's impossible. I saw this thing because typical to TikTok, like when you like one thing, they're like, oh, this dope must like magic tricks. So then I got this other video served to me where this girl showed you how she like hides a quarter. And like, if you've ever seen like magician's hands they're always like curling fingers in an odd way that you can't really see what's happening and so what she would do is she would put like a quarter in her little finger here and bend it but it would be behind her other finger so she'd bend her pointer finger and hide it behind her other fingers and that's where the coin would be i have a quarter to show you but you you could kind of see if you're watching that's where the coin would be and so she showed this trick and so i grabbed like a nickel to see if i could do it not even close i mean not it was four and a half minutes before i just felt shame and moved on with my day because it's just it was like ridiculous to and she's like look how simple it is I mean, I guess you got to practice like a million hours a day. I don't know. But uh, these little short stubby figures aren't going to be turning any card tricks anytime soon. But uh, that's just me. Hopefully everybody else is. I do love watching it, though. I am a sucker for a good magic show. I love Penn and Teller. I think they're some of the greats. If anybody's got a good uh, magician follow on TikTok or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, shoot it on over to your old pal. And you know how to get in touch with the show. All our stuff is up at anthonyonair.com. That's uh, anthonyonair.com. Uh, Sharon loves pizza. I worked at Whole Foods with a girl that David Copperfield, I guess, knew. And let's just say he likes them young. I didn't know that about Copperfield. Boy, I'm getting really tired of creepy people, aren't you? It just feels like there's a lot of creepy people out there. Ovitz is, is alarming. Again, not to say anything bad about Ovitz, but... Uh, he was running Disney for a little while there. So you don't want to hear that anybody who was running the biggest like kid attracting company on the planet has got some of these issues. That would be pretty devastating. You know, that would be pretty devastating. All right, we have to talk about this King Coronation. Um, This is coming up. 
Now, there's going to be massive, wide celebrations all throughout um, the UK. Obviously, there's going to be all sorts of fun stuff going on, lots of big parties. In the, on the grounds of the Royal Crescent in Bath, England, this is from SWNS. Uh, this is like a newswire kind of an organization. They, I guess everybody woke up and on one of the grounds where there's going to be like a major party, the King's coronation, somebody mowed into the lawn a gigantic wiener, just a big old peen. I mean, it is the most hilarious and comically drawn wiener with a lawnmower that I have ever seen. And I just think that there is no more of an embarrassing way that you could be told that nobody wants you to be king than somebody sneaking onto one of your properties and mowing into the lawn what I can only estimate to be a 80 to 90 foot penis. Uh, I've put a link into the live chat for everybody to the New York Post article that has the photos. And you can just take a look, see for yourself at what a, and, and I mean, listen, listen, disrespect aside, beautiful work from a symmetrical standpoint. I mean, I don't know if I could even draw such roundness and whoever did this did it with a lawnmower i mean that that's impressive work that is something that even though i guess you would categorize this as you know i don't know breaking the law of some sort i mean it's very disrespectful but uh even with that sort of categorization you would think that whoever did this is like calling out their mom and going Look what I did, Ma. Isn't this great? You know, print that out, put it on the old refrigerator. <laughs> Show everybody what's going on. Nobody likes this king. Nobody likes this guy. Sharon loves pizza, not my king. Everybody else is laughing in the live chat. Nobody wants this guy to be king. That stinks. He is kind of a big doucher, isn't he? He's a big dick, I guess. And I mean, even did the little line at the top, you know, I mean, it's just good work. Listen, I, I don't care if it's, uh, you know, graffiti or lawnmower penis. I don't, it doesn't matter what it is. Good work is good work. And this is extraordinary work. And I'll give these guys even more credit because a lawnmower makes noise. Spray paint, not really. You can get away with that. You know, you can get away with, you know, spray painting in the middle of the night, not waking anybody up. How you mow a penis into a lawn without waking anybody up is just beyond me. And I kept on looking to see, like, though, this must be fake or something. Like, this must be a made up story. There's no way this is really going on. Nope. Totally true. Backed up. Plenty of sources and outlets reporting the big lawn penis. It's unbelievable. Because you almost can't trust anything you see on the Internet these days. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago? We talked about the Bud Light billboard that said LOL crybabies or something like that. Remember? 
during the height of the Bud Light thing. And then there was this billboard and it was on TikTok and everything. And I'm like, I'm looking at a video, but like, I can't, I think I remember on that episode saying, I can't be a hundred percent certain that this is real. And as it turns out, it wasn't real. I saw the guy on TikTok that's like, you know, this was, you know, a video effect and here's how I did it. And he like showed how they did it, which was amazing because he was like filming a billboard, which was a real billboard. I think it had like a Disney plus, um, a photo on it which kind of helps because it was like blue like the bud light blue would be and uh he and there was like between the billboard and the camera there was like phone wires and poles and like it was just i how he did it is beyond me and it just makes you feel so insecure about seeing anything on the internet these days but this grass weenie is legitimately there in bath england so i don't know if the royal family plans on moving that party somewhere else not entirely sure but it doesn't uh it doesn't bode well you know because i mean how does that work like like hey you at the party yeah i'm here i'm uh, i just got a drink and i'm on the lawn oh where are you i think i'm in the left testicle i i'm you know i'm just kind of looking around here I, i could see the right ball so I feel like I'm in the left testicle. So come on over. Where'd you get the drink? Over by the head. Over by the head. They got cocktails up there. And then down, you know, careful because it's a little hairy over in the... But that, it's a good... <laughs> it's got a good mimosa here in the left testicle. I'm enjoying myself. Um... As far as the coronation goes, let's be serious now. Stop fooling around, people. How much do you think they're dropping on this? I want to see the live chat uh, give their best guesses. And if you already know, don't guess. If you already know what it is, don't guess. But I find it amazing looking at the price tag of this thing. And the royal family goes like this. Well, we're trying to pare it down and make it more modern. Are you? But are you really? Because you are spending an awful lot of money on this ridiculous ceremony for a guy that nobody seems to want to be king. You know what I mean? Um, I And I just, like, I don't know. Like, just be like, hey, well, yeah, we're doing our thing. You don't have to be like, oh, we're going to pare it down and like, keep it. Like, it's, no. No. All right, good guess is coming in. 14 million, 385 million, 100 million, 25 million, $1 too much. <laughs> it's like a Bob Barker reaction. $1, Bob, $1 too much. Um, They are spending, and there's no exact, you know, this is just... CNBC did a breakdown of this with everything that was announced and happening and what the approximate cost is. And between all the events and activities, they're saying between 63 and $125 million with mostly everybody who's been able to chime in on this saying, yeah, it's probably closer to $125 million. That is a lot of money on a one-day, supposedly two-hour event. 
First one of its kind, though, right? First one since uh, in seventy years since the queen is uh, since the queen became the queen. Uh, there'll be a king's procession. There'll be a concert in Windsor Gardens. Katy Perry, Lionel Richie will be performing. I, I don't know if they're performing or if they're filming an episode of American Idol. I'm not 100% sure. I think it's kind of a hybrid of the both. Um, there's also a public holiday, May 8th. See if we'll be taken off. I'm going to check with HR and see if we get that day here at the podcast. I'm not 100% sure. Um... It just, I, I, I don't know. It kind of seems absolutely crazy. It's funded by the UK government with Buckingham Palace contributing an undisclosed amount. So I don't know how much the royal family is kicking in versus how much they're using uh, tax money for. But I know a lot of the English people are not too, uh, none too pleased about it. Um, the ceremony will be attended by 2,000 VIP guests. Far fewer than were present for the Queen's coronation, which numbered over 8,000 VIP guests. It will last around an hour rather than several hours. The coronation will reflect the monarch's role today and look towards the future while being rooted in longstanding traditions and pageantry, the palace said in a statement. Um, Prince Harry will be there. Meghan Markle will not be. Uh, Prince Harry flew in on a commercial flight. Everybody seems to be making a big deal out of this guy's flying commercial. And uh, supposedly he's on a flight two hours later. As soon as the thing ends, he's on a plane two hours after and heading on his way back to Los Angeles. Uh, Markle's missing the ceremony so she can stay home in California. Things not looking good. I also saw another article where they said the queen didn't like Meghan Markle, which I find to be a little surprising. I don't know if it was the queen. I feel like it was King Charles who doesn't. I think a lot of the BS between all of this is King Charles and Meghan, not Megan and somebody else. I feel like it's King Charles who's the dick. Um, Prince William will be a part of the ceremony. He's got an important part. In fact, he's going to pledge his allegiance to the king. And there'll be some holy oil. As we talked about in a previous episode, Queen Consort Camilla will just become Queen Camilla, even though the queen, Queen Elizabeth, wanted her to be called Queen Consort after her passing. Uh, there'll be a crazy procession. It'll be all sorts of craziness. I want to know, yes or no, in the live chat, are you going to watch the coronation as it uh, takes place? I would love to know. Because as much as we bash this, I kind of like pomp and circumstance. I'm not going to lie to you. I love a good pomp and circumstance situation. I really do. Any sort of public gathering, ceremony. I mean, listen, this happens. This happened 70 years ago. How many events come around not so often? What's weird is, is that I believe the English people are going to be like, we waited 70 years for this one. We'd like to wait around seven years for the next one. Kick this fucking guy out. Hopefully this guy kicks the bucket. Get that William in there. I don't know how much better William's going to be, though. Don't you think that pre Meghan Markle, everybody liked William less than Harry. I feel like Harry was always the favorite. And I feel like Harry was the favorite because Harry always went towards Princess Diana. Like it was always, Harry kind of always had a problem with his dad where William was always kind of like, 
with the dad. And I feel like that little split, I mean, they were obviously brothers. Obviously, William loved his mother. But publicly, it always felt like Harry was with Diana or on Diana's side, and William, by default, or just to not make his dad feel bad, maybe it wasn't even his choice, was kind of on his dad's side. And I feel like that's why Harry was more beloved in the pre-Megan days. Uh, Glenn B., are you going to watch the... uh, the uh, coronation hell no a no from bird a no with three strikes from miss justice it's gonna be good during the american idol portion when uh katie perry and lionel richie are up there any of those or is that is the three x's america's got talent i, don't know, I can't keep track of it all uh lindsey no uh Rhonda, i'd like to say yes paul is there an after party robin no no i will watch the highlights uh <laughs> Sharon loves pizza. No, but I do want to see the bloopers. Uh, Natty, no from the UK, even though it's everywhere. That's going to be a tough one to ignore. That is going to, I'll wait for Joe Rogan highlights from uh, Glenn B. That's going to be a tough one to ignore if you're there. You know, Uh, thank you for confirming uh, Natty. Harry was the favorite. And she even spelled favorite like somebody from the UK. So that checks out. I believe that Natty C is from the UK. Uh, Aussie no. Hmm. I'm going to check it out. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if I'm going to watch all of it, you know, because we do have the Kentucky Derby coming up, which is America's greatest holiday. If you have a gambling problem. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to check it out. I'll probably wind up watching the highlights on, on social media too, but I'll tune in. I kind of want to see it. I don't know who's carrying it here in the States. I'm assuming just everybody's going to be carrying it because it's the weekend and anything beats weekend programming here in the States. You know, I don't think that's going to be too much of a crazy issue. Um, Do we care about the procession route? No. I don't think any of this really matters. $175 million. What do you get for that besides a lawn penis? Uh, Snoop Dogg is trying to buy a hockey team. I mean, is there is there anything not to love about Snoop Dogg? For the amount of hatred towards King Charles, I think is the same mutual amount of love towards Snoop Dogg. There's really just something magical about the guy. Um, listen, I get it. A rapper trying to buy a hockey team. Snoop probably doesn't skate. Probably right. That's kind of weird. It's funny. Ironic. I understand that. But if I said to you Snoop Dogg was buying a hockey team, what team would you guess? The Los Angeles Kings, right? That's kind of Hollywood for, you know, for Snoop, right? He's from California. Maybe it's the Anaheim Ducks. Maybe it's the San Jose Sharks or something like that. No, he's buying the Ottawa Senators. I mean, there is not (laughs) logistically, geographically, Overall, the idea of it is there's not a polar opposite from Snoop Dogg than the friggin' Ottawa Senators. I mean, they're on the other side of the damn continent. It's Ottawa. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, who? nobody wants anything to do with Ottawa. Let's all be honest with each other. And uh, not only is he trying to buy the Ottawa Senators, but you know who's standing in his way is that friggin' Ryan Reynolds. There is now a bidding war 
between Ryan Reynolds and Snoop Dogg on who is going to own the Ottawa Senators. We have reached uh, a level of bizarreness that I never thought we would, especially since what we've been through in the last three years. Now, here's a great question from the number one one. Is weed legal in Ottawa? I'm going to have to say yes, because I don't think Snoop Dogg would make such a daring journey without knowing that he could get a little high before the third period. You know what I'm saying? I just don't know if it's happening. Um, This just goes to show you how hot of a property sports teams are in general, because you have two well-known established celebrities who also happen to be quite savvy businessmen who are totally willing to throw their egos to the side so that they can have a bidding war for, by all accounts, the worst, <laughs> the worst and most embarrassing professional sports franchise in the history of the National Hockey League. And that is saying a lot because we put a team in Ohio. Okay? We've put a team in Ohio to play hockey and they are still not as embarrassing as the Ottawa Senators. But the crazy thing about sports teams are, it's where all the money is. Anybody who bought a sports team 10 or 15 years ago has 10 times the amount of money that they had back then. You know, like 10 years ago, it was like, Ooh, the Giants are worth a billion dollars. Ooh, the Yankees are worth a billion dollars. Now, there was no hockey team worth a billion dollars. Now there's like 10 hockey teams worth a billion dollars. Like all these teams have just quadrupled 10x in value. And it's to the point where you have serious people going, I, I think I want to own the Ottawa Senators. And that's just crazy to me. And it's Snoop Dogg. And I will say, I saw like uh, an interview with Snoop Dogg and he's like, you know, he's like, hey, uh, there's a lot of like nice programs out there for black kids to learn hockey. He's like, but it's not going as far as it needs to go. And he's like, I think if there's a black owner um, and, you know, an actual black person in a power um, position to really you know give kids you know because that's the thing too like you can run all the programs you want um for black kids or inner city kids or you know whatever it is whatever a sport is lacking in right and for hockey it tends to be a lot of canadian european right affluent people it's not easy the equipment costs a lot of money the ring time costs a lot of money like all this stuff you can run a lot of programs to give access to these kids but until they see it, until they see, you know, a Snoop Dogg, you know, in an ownership role or Mike Greer, former great uh, hockey player, African-American, who's now one of the general managers. Until you like see these guys in these roles, really doing these things, I think that's when you really, you know, that's when you really start to see participation numbers going up. So, I mean, kudos to Snoop Dogg for recognizing that and and loving the game. I love the guy. I, listen, I've always loved Snoop Dogg. I love hockey more than anything. And anybody that looks at the dynamic who can say, hey, why aren't my 
people more involved in this beautiful sport. I think I can find a way to do that. I'll put my money where my mouth is and I'll buy a team. I mean, I take my hat off to that person any day of the week. Now, he's not going at this alone. Of course, neither is Ryan Reynolds, although Ryan Reynolds has a ton of money, a ton of money. That uh, soccer team that he bought, I mean, they're not even, I don't even think they're in like a real big, big league. And it's hard to tell in, in Europe, there's like 40 soccer leagues. And some of them are okay, and some of them are really good. I don't even think he's in the really good one. I think he's kind of in the okay league. <clears throat> Excuse me. And his money has been going through the roof with owning that team over there. Um, Who's that guy who just, oh, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt just retired from football, and he married a soccer player. And him and his wife now, they just had a baby, they're buying a, a, a soccer team. It's where the money is. Anybody who's got a little bit of money, you know, back in the day, you buy, what, what would you buy into a business if you were ambitious? You know, maybe it's a deli or a clothing store or a gas station or whatever it is. Now, if you really want to blow your money up, buy it into a friggin' sports team. I know people that are buying into minor league sports teams. That they're like, I know there's not a ton of money in this, but if I buy this minor league sports team and hold on to it for a little while and I can, you know, 5X my money or 7X my money, I can then maybe buy a stake in a in a real big sports franchise. A lot of people buying minor league basketball teams in Europe and, you know, uh, all these uh, minor league soccer teams and stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that's where all the money is. A lot of money there now, believe it or not. TiVo. TiVo killed advertising on television. Now everybody's fast-forwarding past ads. Now people are just straight-up watching stuff on Hulu or Netflix. So the only place that you can eat, put you know commercials anymore that are unskippable are during sporting events. And so those TV contracts went up so much because you could charge so much more during those times because people are watching and they can't skip. You know? So it's that's why they that's why these sports leagues are so damn valuable. Uh, Rob McElhaney and Ryan Reynolds team just won their sporty thing. That's true. They did. They did win their sporty thing. Robin, thanks for putting that out. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> for that is di- that is the dynamite sports analysis that you come to this podcast for right there. Robin, well done. Well done, my friend. Um, I believe that's it. Are there any other questions? Anything else we want to cover? Any other topics we want to kick around? The Leafs are the worst. I hate the, I hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. I despise the Toronto Maple Leafs because I am a lifelong Islander fan and our superstar left the Islanders to go sign with the Maple Leafs and ever since then, I could not fucking stand. The fact that the Maple Leafs made it to the second round this year in the playoffs breaks my heart because the best joke in sports ever was that the Maple Leafs, no matter how much money they spend, no matter how hard they try, they just do not make it out of the first round. And I love that. I love that about them until this year. They are getting the shit kicked out of them by the Florida Panthers, though. That makes me happy. I hope the Florida Panthers. And it's kind of a beautiful thing that a team from Florida, even though it's filled with Canadians, just shut up and let me live for a minute. A team from Florida can beat a team from where hockey was invented. That's amazing. You know, that's that to me is just a, a lovely, 
Lovely situation. Yeah, the Panthers lead the Leafs to nothing. If the Panthers sweep the Leafs, if the Leafs finally make it out of the first round for the first time in, like, I don't know how long, 30, 40 years, <clears throat> and then get swept by the Florida team, a state where retirees go to live, a state where the governor is trying to kill <laughs> the biggest moneymaker in the particular state, if they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, I think that is just a wonderful thing. I really, really do. I think it's a wonderful thing. Uh, thank you, Sharon. I come to this podcast for my sanity. Hey, samesies. Samesies. If I didn't do this podcast and share it with all you guys, I'd be the crazy person talking to himself in a closet. So um, literally, you guys are helping my uh, mental health. That That is a true, true statement. I do love Toronto, though. Can I tell you something? Because as a big hockey fan, in the States, it's the fourth it's the fourth sport. You know, it's always going to be football, baseball, basketball, and then hockey. And so you don't really get a lot of exposure to hockey. Frank and I went to Canada when we were younger. And we get up. First of all, Prince walked by us in the airport, which was crazy because he's so small and it's fucking Prince. We were like blown away. Um, and we get on the plane, we get off the plane and we're walking off the jetway and into the terminal and I'm walking past two like baggage guys and they're just fucking talking about the Leafs power play. And I'm like, I'm in this country for 17 seconds and I'm already overhearing crazy, inane hockey conversations going on. And that just made me so friggin' happy. Like, so happy. It was great. And I, honest to goodness, I loved everything about Toronto. I swear to God, the first time I went to Toronto, uh, which I don't know how many millions of people live in Toronto, but I literally, I swear to you, I think I saw two ugly women. The entire, and I was there for like four days. The entire four days, I saw two ugly women. It, everywhere I looked, it was like another beautiful woman. I, I, I don't even remember when it was. I think it was like day two. I looked at Frank and I go, I, is it me? Or is everybody here a nine or a 10? I don't understand what's happening. I go every, it's kind of weird. Like everybody is kind of beautiful. And then I kind of like, we kept just kind of like pointing it out to each other. Like that, that chick's beautiful. That girl's beautiful. This girl's hot. Like, where's the ugly people? And I, and I thought to myself, they. I wonder if they're walking around going, who are those two ugly guys from America? They must be from America because they cannot be from our beautiful, beautiful city here, you know? Um, <laughs> next topic, and sanity and how it's been gone so long it's on milk cartons, right? Yeah, Robin, cold sporty thing for those who don't know. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about the cold sporty thing for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, but I love that. Because see, look, here in New York, between the Yankees and the Mets, like if you turn on like sports radio, or if like you want to hear somebody talk, it's only sports radio. Um, And all they're talking about is the frigging Yankees. 
And it's the same conversation. Like, could you believe the curveball? Like, yeah, this guy had a great curveball. He kind of lost the curveball in the eighth inning, but then he kind of got it back in the ninth inning. So he had a good curveball in the first inning, and then the third inning, the curveball is going back. Like, how many times is he going to throw the curveball? And he, should he throw more curveballs? We looked at the stats. He's thrown 283 curveballs, and you're just kind of like, oh, it's a fucking kill me, right? Like, they just, every little tiny nuance of what the Yankees are doing. Like, if a Yankee had diarrhea, it, it was fucking being talked about. They just, it was just always Yankees. And that's kind of how the Maple Leafs and hockey are in Toronto. So it was just so refreshing and nice to have that up in Canada. I really enjoyed the ever-loving shit out of it. I always said if I was going to live somewhere else outside of New York, I could definitely see making Toronto like a home. It was just kind of cold as fuck, though. I mean, cold. Frank and I have told the story before, but we were walking around just freezing. We go into this restaurant. We have the best lobster bisque soup of our lives. And then I go, it's so cold. Like, I don't know why, like nobody's walking around. And like somebody at the restaurant was like, oh, you know, we have like underground walkways, right? So you don't freeze to death. And we were like, shit, we really should have, should have read a, picked up a, a guidebook before we got on the friggin' plane. Like we're walking around going, there's nobody here. This is a crazy ghost town. And then the the waiter was nice enough to be like, go this way and go down that thing and you'll see. We go down there, we're like, oh my God, we got like malls down here. They got fucking tunnels going everywhere. It's warm. <laughs> There's all the hot chicks. You know, it's crazy. The whole is like a city underground kind of thing. Um uh, Anthony and I are brought to you by CNN and Frankie C as Chris Cuomo 2.0. Somebody had a really funny comment, not in the live. Let me see if I can find it. It was about Frankie. Some of your, some of the comments out there about Frank are just so fucking funny to me. Like it really, it really makes me laugh. I wish I, I was trying to make a point to like save some of the comments more. You know, and talk about them. Oh, Derry, Frank being a Metallica fan is criminal enough. <laughs> I don't really know what that means, but it kind of makes me laugh. You know, it kind of makes me laugh that people even have a problem with Frank being a fucking Metallica fan. Frank's a crazy Metallica fan. We saw a show one time in MetLife Stadium, and I, I nearly died that day. It was just like a hundred and forty-six thousand degrees. And we're standing there and there's no water. They're spraying. They're literally from the stage. The security team was spraying us with hoses because they felt so bad because nobody wanted to leave. Because we had like, we were like fucking right there, like in the mosh. People are moshing. It's just the whole thing smells like armpit. It's wet. Everything is just wet. Before they even started spraying us with a hose, it was just wet. It was just fucking awful and terrible. And we stood there for just hours and hours. We saw the Deftones. I forget all the other bands we saw. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I was delusional. I was seeing things. I was so out of it, right, from heat stroke and shit. And when Metallica comes up, I see them. I watch like a song or two, and then I'm finally like, okay, I did it. I saw Metallica. I was right here. I was so close. I saw James and, and Kirk and all that. I'm like... I got it. I'm going to get a water and a pretzel and I'm going to go sit down and enjoy the rest of the show. And Frank stood like, and he moved up 
You think Frank is so nice. I saw him elbowing old ladies and young children to get to the front of the stage. That might have been exaggerated. To get to the front of the stage to watch Metallica. And he stayed at the front and watched them for the entire time. I mean, the entire time. So he is a diehard fan. <laughs> is that why Frank and Jay Sams are gone? The writer's strike? Yeah, that is it. That's why they're gone. The writer's strike. They're fucking, they're not crossing the picket line, those two. Not at all. Not at all. Um, Jay Sams is in Florida. I said to her, do you want to like send us some stuff for like the members area, like some pictures and stuff? None of the pictures have been appropriate. I can't. She's sent very few. But none of them have been appropriate. Can't share any of them. Um, I don't know if she's coming back at all. And uh, Frankie C got called away for radio responsibilities. Um, Frankie C is a prominent radio personality still here on the East End. Or on Long Island, I should say. Um, so uh, every now and then he's got to. He's got to jump in and do some of those radio uh, spots. So that's where Frankie C is um, on this particular episode. But he will be back. Uh, Jay Sams. I'm not so sure. She might. The last communication I got from Jay Sams, it was 20 minutes into her Florida trip. And she said she's already made a friend. Um, she landed. She said, I landed, made a vacation friend within an hour and a half. Might be my personal best time. So. Whenever she does come back, which I believe will be Monday, or if not, she'll be back on the Wednesday episode, uh, we'll be able to hear and see if she had another friend situation and ordered some nachos for the table. I'm not sure. She does literally make fucking friends wherever she goes. All right. Uh, appreciate you guys so much. That is it for me. Got to jump. Um hope you all have an amazing weekend we will be back on monday wednesday and friday of next week got my son's communion coming up so i've got to my wife just yelled at me we've got to order personalized i love jesus m&ms i think they have my son's face on them or perhaps jesus's face i don't know it might be jesus and my son you know hugging it out giving thumbs up i don't know I don't know how or why we started printing images on an M&M, but this is, this is what I have to do now. This is where my life has become, you know? People used to say to me all the time, I used to get this all the time, especially like hosting the morning show, even the podcast, I still get like, oh, you must like have this glamorous like life. It must be cool. No, I'm fucking customizing M&Ms. That's what I'm doing. That is exactly what I'm doing. I can't remember who I interviewed. It was huge. It was like a big deal. And everybody's like, I can't believe you interviewed. I forget who it was. It was, it was getting written up in the papers and everything like that. And I remember I came home. My wife was like, you going to take out the garbage or what? And I was like, I was just doing interview. I was doing interviews because of how well the show is doing. And she's like, I don't give a flying fuck about your bullshit. Get out there and put the garbage out. So that... Cuddles always keeps me grounded, just so you guys know. Just so you know. Uh, if you have any advice on how to put a seven-year-old's face on an M&M, I go, can't we customize an Oreo? At least there's room there. I don't know how they're doing these M&M things. I feel like no matter what, it's going to be a blob. But she looked me square in the eye and she goes, when your son's communion happens, there better be M&Ms 
to the table, you piece of shit. And I said, yes, honey, there will be. I love you. Don't forget to become a member. It's as low as $2.99. Come on, people. That's the best value in podcasting. Show me potato salad. Have a great weekend, everybody. Maybe we should go now. Go ahead.